Welcome to another fabulous episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And Billy Holiday. Hello there. And uh, this week we're going to take a look at Bubsy against our own best judgment. But until we get to that, Jeremy, it has been Thanksgiving. Did you have any time to play anything? Uh, yeah, I, I did, actually. Um, I, I didn't really do much for Thanksgiving this year. I, I did not eat myself into a coma like I usually do. Um Instead, I, I went back to a, a game that I, for some reason, I, I break it out around Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I'm not sure why, because I never really played it back then around Thanksgiving or Christmas, uh, but Symphony of the Night uh, on, on the, the old Xbox 360 version of it, which is the one I still have because it's backwards compatible with the Xbox One, pulled that out there, and I have probably not played that in, in a few years at this point, so I was just like, I'm just going to go through here, play this again. See if I still like it just as much, and I do. I absolutely love that game. It is probably one of my top five favorite games of all time. And it's one of those ones that even though it was made back on the PlayStation, I can still sit down with it and have just as much fun with it today as I did back then, which is very rare to say for a PlayStation game. Most of those have aged terribly. Uh, but since uh, Symphony of the Night uh, is just so good, it's... I mean, it's got its problems here and there. I, I know there's people that, that really harp on some of that the stage design and stuff like that, but I don't care. I love that game. I, I could play it for years to come and not have any qualms with it. It's just, it is one of those games that means uh, so much to me, and uh, I, I would definitely say in the, in the top five all-time favorites. So I'm going to finish pushing through that. Uh, I am into the uh, the Upside Down Castle at this point, so we'll uh, we'll we'll see how far far I get into it. Yeah, Symphony of the Night is is probably one of the few games I'd say is close to perfection. I mean, it's yes, it's not perfect. Obviously, there are obviously a, some things you could do to make any game better, but start to finish, it's not boring. It is super fun to play a hundred times, and there's still things in it I've I've never really done. A lot, some of the weapons you get and things I've never really used very often, uh, and and it's probably a couple years in between each playthrough, so it's almost like I play it from scratch every time and since it's in so many different versions i i bought uh, that castlevania uh, x chronicles for the the vita uh, psp mm -hmm. and that comes with once you beat that you earn symphony of the night again so i've got it portable i mean it's perfect mm -hmm. yeah there's the, so many great versions of that i actually someone on youtube the other day uh, was asking me about uh symphony of the night and, and they mentioned the saturn version if it was worth hunting down and um I, it's probably actually the worst version of Symphony of the Night. It does have like some new stuff in it, like a, a few different stages, uh, new stages in it. Um, but overall, it is not that great of a version of, of that game. I was actually kind of shocked back in the day when I got it. A lot of slowdown. It does not look very good. Uh, and the new stages that are in it, just they're, they're not great. So if you've got a chance and you've got the Saturn version, uh, I, I would say just go for the PlayStation version. It's still really cheap, and you can find it you know, on Xbox 360 and, and with that collection that, that Jeremy just mentioned. So go with those. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much anywhere you have a system you can play Symphony of the Night, which is great because it's mm -hmm. again, one of the with few games that I'd say is a must-own uh, no matter what you're playing it on. Uh, I, I did have family here for Thanksgiving. Uh, work has been fairly busy because it's towards the end of the year. So I, I have not had a whole lot of chance to play anything. What I have been doing is introducing my kids to every game on my SNES Classic that it came with. Uh, not not most of the others I added to it, or someone added to it. But, uh, for example, I tried to, I'm tr introducing them to the uh, Donkey Kong Country, and they are miserable at Donkey Kong Country, despite that they're so good at regular Mario. So I, I'll never get tired of watching my kids fumble through a game for hours. So I've done nothing but that, pretty much. Uh, and then playing this and hiding in my room and playing about three minutes of... Etrian Odyssey 5, because I'm stuck at a, a, a difficult boss, so I play, I die, I turn it off. I play, I die, I turn it off. So I'll, I'll get through that someday. But, uh, but Billy, did you have any time to do anything since our last episode? I, I made myself a little time here and there. I had uh, several days off work, fortunately, uh, before festivities. Uh, went out for an early Black Friday sale and, and picked myself up one of those 4K televisions. And, and immediately I had to, I had to get home. Uh, I hooked the PlayStation up to it and I had to see what games I could find that are, that are kind of optimized for it. So I could hopefully justify the purchase I had just made. 
uh, before I changed my mind and returned it. But fortunately, <laughs> that led to me picking up that Horizon Zero Dawn. And let me tell you, that's a that's a strong game there. I've, I've been playing that. I'm several hours in, and it's just it's it's a good one all around. Nice looking game, and just a uh, just good from top to bottom. Uh, I've really not, enjoyed. Like, talk about that. Did we not talk about Horizon much? On, I don't think we did. Like it's, I think, I, it's it was like one of my favorite games of this whole year, and I don't think I talked about it at all on this podcast. I don't think, but I, I can see why. I, I've been playing that thing, and it's I, it's highly enjoyable. Uh, aside from that, uh, I've just been I brought the PS3 out, and dusted it off, and and completely forgot you can play PS1 games on it. And that yeah. has led me down a dark road, <laughs> uh, flea markets and, and let go meetings and and all sorts of things here and there, picking up uh, a collection of occasionally good and mostly just, just shit PS1 games. Uh, I think I may own every fishing game on the PlayStation. <laughs> Is let go a good uh, a good resource for finding old games? I haven't tried that. It's not bad. Uh, it's not. I, I find that it's just it's it's quicker. Uh, Communication-wise, uh, most of my dealings on there have been, uh, I find it, and within that day, yeah, I'm, I'm meeting up with the person. I don't know if I've just had a streak of, of good luck, but yeah, there's a lot of video games on there, uh, quite a few, and, and fortunately, a lot of people putting them up there that, that have no clue as to the what they should be selling them for, uh, and most of the time, that means they lowball themselves. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've had good luck with it. I wish I could get people to lowball some of that stuff. Like I'm one of those people. I swear to God, every time I go into like a flea market or something like that, they've got a copy of of Batman Forever for like yeah. the Genesis for like twenty bucks. Yes. And- well, like my like my old flea market where uh, I believe every Mario game, uh, even the original Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Two, Three, was the most expensive of all the NES titles, uh, and the person justified it by saying it's got that Mario in it. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind that it may be the most mass-produced game for the NES. It's got yeah. that Mario in it. God damn it! Uh, when we worked, uh, well, I worked at the uh, the electronics boutique, and they were doing trade-ins. The uh, it was when the Nintendo was just phased out because it was started the Genesis and Super Nintendo era, and we were allowed to give out. 25 cents for a copy of the Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt combo cart. And now, oh, of course, you could sell those things at a flea market for 20 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. But it's oh well. got that Mario in it and two games. <laughs> and how do you beat that? <laughs> multiple, ga- multiple games means yes. Uh, you have to charge at least double. And, and that Mario bumps it up to at least 30. That's a $50. That's a $50 game right there. Pretty much. Sitting right next to a copy of Madden 96 for $57. <laughs> I'm glad we had ample time to eat this Thanksgiving, but I hope there's still a little bit of room left for this turkey, huh? Bubsy oh. for the Super Nintendo oh, and Genesis. Boy. God damn it, I was going to do that one. As soon as you said like a Thanksgiving dinner, I was ready. So I did not play. I had we had a copy of Bubsy. I I know my brother had it for whatever reason. I remember not being that impressed by it. Uh, but but I don't <laughs> he think did, he didn't have it for fun. That's for sure. I think it was you know one of those gifts your parents buy you, and you're like, gee, that's great. Although I do remember Nintendo Power pushing Bubsy pretty hard, mm. but uh, that could be a memory I completely made up. I have that a lot. Uh, but this is one I definitely played. I remember thinking it was boring, but I didn't hate Bubsy. I didn't remember Bubsy as the worst game of all time, and, and I think many people do consider Bubsy uh, one of the most miserable games of all time, but I don't know if it really deserves that or not, so that's why I wanted to do this. Uh, that, and I've talked about that in the new Bubsy uh, on Twitter for about six months now. So I wanted to, <laughs> to start the original Bubsy again to see for myself, was this game as bad as it's let on to be? Yeah, and I, uh, I know the reputation this game has going into it. Uh, and just pulling it up online, um, if, if you want to look at any reviews anyone has, uh, they, they're generally unfavorable. Uh, but having not really played this one, I, I believe 
at best, I, I stayed with someone that had this and watched them play it a little bit. I remember seeing someone play it, never playing it myself. Uh, so, I mean, uh, a lot of times when they trash a game online, uh, I picked it up and played it, and it's been it's been perfectly fine. Uh, so I was curious going into this one. I wanted to see for myself uh, what I, not all the hype, but what but what all the fucking shit talking online was about when it came down to this game because this is a title where people have some some strong feelings against old Bubsy. Yeah, and, and you know they always put him in in the category and probably rightfully so as the uh, a failed mascot, one of the worst failed mascots, uh, usually right next to Gex, which we all know that's completely wrong, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, Bubsy was uh, that was one of those games that just kind of came back out in the, the, the mascot days when every game had to have a, a mm-hmm. mascot animal character in it with with some attitude. And, and Bubsy it, was totally that. Now, I've done more research for Bubsy than I've done for the entire run of this podcast to now. So I have a lot of information here that I'm going to throw up before we talk mm-hmm. about the game. Uh, most importantly, that this game uh, was a game that accolade the company essentially bet their entire company on. They wanted a mascot game so bad that they said that this character, once they saw the game, was worth taking out all this extra money on. And uh, a big piece of that was that they released this originally on the Genesis first. And in order to save some money, they didn't want to pay Sega for the licensing fee. So they reverse engineered the cart, were sued. All those legal costs also built up into the cost of this game. So if this game would have not been any good whatsoever, or if they would have lost their court case, which they did eventually win, uh, Accolade would have closed entirely because of Bubsy, which is amazing. Uh, the, the game itself is, you know, a standard action platformer uh, in the vein of Mario or Sonic. The creator of Bubsy was a man named Michael Berlin. Michael Berlin, up until this point, had really only made text adventures and adventure games like, you know, not the King's Quest, but, but games like that. He actually did some Infocom games uh, mm-hmm. and was worked on other games that were more of the adventure puzzle variety. He had never made a platforming game. It was not what he normally did. But he wanted to make this game, and, and he pushed it to his bosses. So they said, if you can write us and explain why Sonic the Hedgehog is so great, and you should make a game that's a lot like Sonic then we'll, we'll let you make it. So he apparently played nothing but Sonic the Hedgehog for two weeks, wrote up his notes, and they said, fine, go for it. So with that under, you know, with that as the background, one of the things I never realized about Bubsy until I, I you know, listened to this interview that I will link in our, our Twitter page uh, that someone had done a, like a two-hour interview with this guy about the history of Bubsy. But uh, it's... It's not supposed to be a Mario-style platformer. It's supposed to be exactly like Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. But, you know, that's the problem, because Sonic has... uh, And Sonic, it was all about speed. You know, uh, that was the thing, is look how fast this fucker can run. And the good thing about that was you had some pretty well-made levels to traverse in Sonic. Uh, Those levels were were custom-made where you could zip along... Uh, without much, you know, without much danger, uh, and yeah, uh, Bubsy is moving at sonic speed, but he is not on levels nearly as as well made. Uh, it doesn't seem like levels made for that kind of speed that you can move with in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I just find you find yourself zooming ahead, uh, just either running into enemies or fucking falling in the middle of nowhere. Uh, that's the first thing, and I, and I had to bring it up, is just that this game, the the speed of Bubsy and Bubsy's movement and the levels for me just never matched up at any point in time. And, yeah, and I can see they're going, for that, they're going for that Sonic vibe, but Sonic had a much, uh, much more accessible world to traverse. Yeah, this is, like you said, somebody looked at a Sonic game and figured out what made that game good, but then had absolutely no idea how to implement that into an actual game uh, that they were making. Yeah, Uh, this guy knows you got to go fast. Yeah, that's about all he knows, and he got that part. I'll give him that, Uh, but it is implemented in in some of the worst stages that you could ever imagine. Uh, Bubsy himself does not control well. He's uh, he's got this inertia like they wanted to give Sonic or like what Sonic has, mm-hmm. but it's terrible. The way he walks up cliffs, the way he walks, it's just like it's it's so strange. 
Yeah. Uh, it, I, I, it's hard to describe unless you just play Bubsy. But yeah. just the way he moves about the stage is just, it's so odd. And it makes it so almost impossible to play. You can't play this game full speed like, like they're intending for you to do. Uh, at least in Sonic, if you've got a if you've got a full head of steam, you can push down and go into a ball, uh, and take out you know any enemies in front of you, and and here uh, you can't you can't do that. Uh, you just cannot take the 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 full run through the stages that they they are intending for you to use on this thing. And it should be worth saying one of the most annoying things is the fucking one hit kills on this thing. Oh yeah, I've got a whole list of complaints with with exactly why Bubsy <laughs> is is not a good game. Uh, I mean, I, I took a lot of time and and wrote out some things that are clearly massive faults in in Bubsy. Uh, but I don't want to just sit here and trash Bubsy uh, oh. for for what it is trying to do because really I don't think that this is a bad game as much as it's a painfully mediocre game. It right. is it is a standard Sonic style side scroller, but instead of collecting rings, uh, or or in Mario where you get different power ups and things, you, you collect yarn balls, and there's a shit ton of yarn balls. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. They they're just all over the map haphazardly. Sometimes they make absolutely no sense where these yarn balls are. Uh, they uh, they they don't seem to earn you an extra life, at least not in a in a number that I could figure out. It's not at a hundred because you'll get a hundred yarn balls just by literally walking four feet forward. Uh, but they don't give you an extra life. They're just for points. This is a game that's built like Sonic the Hedgehog. It's built for speed, but you you do not have any way to get that fast uh, without hitting something. So you think instead, okay, this is instead more of a, a collector game. You collect all these yarn balls, you get a bunch of lives or extra points, or it unlocks extra levels. But no, it's just it's just literally give you a score that is ultimately meaningless because mm-hmm. I can't believe anyone would ever keep track of their score on Bubsy. It's a it's too long for a game for score. It's not a shooter. It's not it's not an arcade game. If this is an arcade, this would be the worst arcade game of all time. It is <laughs> it is a pure copy of what Sonic is doing, but without, like you guys said, without the effort to make the levels as good as they need to be. However... Yeah, and... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. Oh, if you're going to make a good point, go ahead, because this may be the only chance for this whole episode. <laughs> well, what Bubsy does that makes it just a mediocre game, okay, is, is it has fi- uh, 16 levels total so it's not just endless levels and it's not one long level uh each there, there are five different themes of levels so after three levels mm-hmm. uh for example the first three levels are like a weird town around a lake looks like a big cartoon town like the the, the goal was to make this game and bubsy uh highly like the old max fleischer cartoons you know the old the old 20s 30s you know cartoons were like you know everything dances and sings for no reason so it, it actually does kind of look like that um i mean not as good as as something like uh like Cuphead does, but but it, that's about you know thirty years past when Bubsy was was really been worked on. So the idea is it's supposed to look goofy like those old cartoons, and Bubsy would say a bunch of cute things, and he would have all these crazy animations like those cartoons. I think Bubsy does do those things. Bubsy has an amazing amount of death animations, which you're gonna see. You're gonna see every one of them. Oh yeah. Because you're gonna die a shit ton of times playing Bubsy if you actually keep trying. But they did have a lot of, of different animations, depending on how he dies. Uh, almost all of them are annoying, but at least they all existed. I had to give them credit on that. Um, they had bosses, uh, so it's not just a bunch of levels where you collect a bunch of yarn balls and get to the end. They do have bosses. Uh, I think, much like Sonic, a lot of the bosses are pretty dull, and most of them are variants on the same boss, which is yarn-based UFOs. And I thought the bosses in this game, last one included, were... <sighs> I had One of them was tricky. One of them was tricky that I fought, uh, and and I did not complete this game. I, I got frustrated at one point, had to call it quits. Uh, but from what I saw, yeah, the bosses, I was a little disappointed with the with the variety. And I guess if you're wondering why they're yarn-based UFOs, it's the enemies are the woolies. Um, I, did you already mention that? No, I, I didn't because the story of this game is is almost unimportant. But yes, the 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 woolies are <laughs> aliens that are stealing all the yarn from the earth or wherever it is that Bubsy lives and uh, and he's going to stop them. And so what are they going to what are they going to do with it? Uh, who cares? And and <laughs> it doesn't why would a, why would a bobcat care about yarn? But that doesn't matter in any way shape or form uh, because you're going to fight the aliens by running around awkwardly 
collecting yarn mm-hmm. balls and jumping on everything's heads, uh, except for the things that you can't jump on their heads, which you only find out when you attempt to do so and die. Uh, that, that's that's my biggest complaint with this, is there's a lot of things that, that look like background. And in some cases, they could be background. Like, uh, early on in one of the levels, there are these dancing flower pots in the, the first or first or second level, and they, they move around. So I figured they had to be something that could hurt you, because everything else that moves in this game can hurt you. No. Totally, totally can't hurt you. But then the next level, there's a cactus that looks like it's just part of the background. Oh, yeah, that kills you. One hit. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't move. It's just all over the place and can pop you immediately and, uh, and destroy you. So there's plenty of things you cannot tell what is going to hurt you or not. So you should just assume everything is going to hurt you. That's probably the safest way uh, to get through Bubsy. As Billy mentioned earlier, unlike a game like Sonic, uh, yes, if Sonic has no rings, you do die if you're hit. Uh, but you can get a million rings in Sonic pretty quickly. As long as you have one ring, you can get hit. And you get our invincibility for a little bit of time and, and find another ring and you're good to go. Uh, this does not do that at all. You have one hit, and then that's it, and you die. And and there are checkpoints, which is good, but the checkpoints, especially in some of the later levels, are extremely far from each other for the amount of junk you have to get through as Bubsy to get to the yeah, end of the level. Yeah, these stages themselves, uh, they can get pretty big. Uh, they they are all over the place. Uh, uh, again, they they tried to ape Sonic, but they didn't quite get how to make a Sonic level. And a lot of these seem to go on for way way longer than any level should in in a game like this. It's like it's they're designed for you to go fast. Like they're long enough for you to s- sustain a, a top speed and still make uh, the stage pretty long. But because of how you're actually moving throughout the stage which is basically press forward for a second, get up enough speed, and then stop just to make sure there's nothing on the screen that you're going to run into, uh, or you're trying to figure out where you can land from a jump that you can't see the ground at. Uh, it makes those, that checkpointing, especially once you, once you get past the first world, uh, it, it gets kind of kind of crazy, unless you just want constant torture of going back and playing the same thing over and over again. Well, and you just mentioned it. It's hard to see where you're going. It, I don't know if it's that you're too close to the screen or if you're just moving fast enough that, you know, I mean, Sonic, I guess if you didn't, it, the levels are designed in such a way that you're, the places where you can go fast are wide open for you to go fast. Or they make it so that there's things you can clearly jump over. I mean, they're designed for you to go as fast as you can. This game has not. So there's a lot of places where you'll just run and jump and you're like, I'm flying. And you get to a part where there's like tiny platforms you're supposed to somehow have known to land on and you, you'd never see them in time, ever. You'd have to die over and over again to figure out exactly where they're placed. And the backgrounds uh, have that, that separate scroll from the actual level. Yes, so there's plenty yes. of places where you can't even use the background to guess like which five-pixel spot you have to land on. Mm-hmm. Uh, making matters worse, and we didn't talk about this yet, I think, although Billy may have yelled it out in anger at the start. <laughs> why would you have falling damage in a game yes. like this? Oh, boy. I mean, at what point were they watching Sonic and was just like, you know what would make this game better? Fall damage. Because I I really just have no idea where that even came from. You don't put fall damage in a platformer. No. And to put it in a game like this is just insanity. Well, they kind of get around it a little bit because Bubsy has technically two moves. He can jump, and then he also has a glide button. And the glide button lets him shoot up in the air like he jumps, but then he'll he'll glide. If you're gliding, you can fall, who knows how, you know, forever, basically, till you find a platform. Uh, now, the gliding is kind of hard to control, and the, the problem you run into more is there are, uh, in a lot of levels, like waterfall sections, where there's, you know, pipes of water like a log flume. And you'll land on them, and when you land on something like that, when you come to the end of it, you'll be floating out in the middle of nowhere, but you can't float at that point. You can't glide. You just fall. And that's a lot of the time where I would, I, I was able to get away without doing too many things by falling damage after I realized that. But there's plenty of things that you just get stuck on and slide down and then all of a sudden you can't glide anymore and bam, you're toast. It's the worst possible mechanic.
Yeah, it's just... I, I mean, everything about just how it feels. I, I know I keep coming back to this, but it it doesn't feel good to play. And, and when you're sitting there uh, going along with Bubsy and the way these stages are designed, you can just go off into nothing. Yeah. And, and you have no, unless you know exactly what's coming up, you're just like stuck there. You know, you don't know if you should glide. You don't know if you should fall. You don't know what's going to be down below you because there's just literally it, the, the stage just stops. And the developers were just like, we, we will continue this on somewhere down here. And, and that's up to you to figure out later. But it, I, I, that was one of the biggest problems with this game for me is just how, I don't know. It's very few games cause me to have anxiety, but playing through Bubsy's stages the stage design in that game almost gives me anxiety. Uh, it's 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 nerve wracking. Uh, the, the, you, uh, you feel like there is no at any given point in time that the if you're up high, I, there are times I'm up there and I've jumped short jump. There's nothing underneath me. A long jump. There's nothing. I don't know where the fucking platform is. I, there's a lot of times where it seems like you've hit a dead end and you have to make an impossible type jump and there's no way to look down far enough. And 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 just another thing about the stage, I, I think the stage design all around is the biggest gripe about this game. I, I think it absolutely kills it. I don't know if if put into more competently designed levels, if, if Bubsy would be uh, a lot more enjoyable. Uh, but I found especially the first uh, the first area you're in, uh, the first world you're in, you can take to the rooftops on that one and, and just skip over everything underneath you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you can make it. Uh, there's some dicey jumps in there, and sometimes you got to glide across. But you can stay on the rooftops the entirety, which I, I don't know if that is something they had, had had hoped people would do. I know Donkey Kong Country has done similar. You can go up high and and hit a barrel that takes you you know part way across the stage, but it's a shortcut, and, and it's made to be a shortcut. Uh, but this, I, I feel like you can just stay up there and just avoid pretty much everything underneath you you won't encounter any enemies you won't really collect any yarn balls either but i mean we've we've proven those are, are pretty worthless uh and i don't know i don't know if that's just more poor stage design or whatever it is but i i can understand what you're saying uh, about the anxiety thing because it's just it's it is nerve-wracking these are made so poorly the later levels are far worse for that i i want to add the the train mm-hmm. sets of levels for the Wild West might be the most infuriating levels in the game that I got to. Um, so, you know, you mentioned the first set is like a, a town that you can go on the rooftops. And I do think that's I do think that's on purpose. I, I think, again, if you I was not a Sonic fan uh, until fairly recently. And my original impressions of Sonic was that it's a game where there were a million paths to take. And that was a lot of those levels. You do want to go as high as you can to try to. You know, if nothing else, you can jump over big sections of danger. Yeah, you might end up dying at the end, but at least at least you can probably get farther along and stay out of danger by going up high. I think that was the intent here as well. But again, the levels just aren't designed as well. So there are a lot of jumps of faith. There's a lot of parts where the stuff that is at the bottom or, or in the hidden areas, because there's like caves and other things you can find in these levels... Uh, they give you extra lives. It's mainly just extra lives. The, the only items in this game are are extra lives, which there's a ton of them, but that's because you're going to die a lot. There are continues, because otherwise you get no continues. Um, although there are passwords after every boss to, to kind of keep your check, you know, keep your progression. But as far as being able to continue with the same score and, and, a, and a level that's not a boss after a boss, uh, you know, you need those continues. You can find them. And then they have some shirts. Uh, Bubsy's big thing is he wears a shirt with an exclamation point on it. Uh, fun fact, that was designed so that it would change based on his attitude, but that took too much time to code, so they didn't bother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But, uh, apparently like, apparently yeah. levels took too long to code also. Yeah, I was going to say, it just kind of seems like how this game, maybe they had some really cool ideas for it going in, but then they were just like, ah, whatever. Just throw it in there. Stupid kids will buy this stuff anyway. Well, it, it does seem like... Uh, Michael Berlin, the guy who created this game, is very passionate about Bubsy. He has a lot of, of, of fond memories of the character. He doesn't understand why it was received so poorly. Uh, apparently, when he went back to Accolade, uh, later on, they, there were uh, Bubsy stuffed animals hanging from rafters there. The other people at Accolade, not big fans of Bubsy. Uh, he just doesn't understand why people wouldn't like him. But but to him, it, this is his his baby. This was his character. So 
I, I can see what he was aiming for in many ways. He, he's a, you know, that, that kind of smart-ass character, but, you know, having a shirt that would change based on your, your attitude, fine. Whatever you need to do. But anyway, it doesn't do that, but the shirts you can find in the levels, uh, there is a, a black shirt that makes it so that Bubsy becomes a shadow, and therefore enemies don't see him. From my experience, this does literally nothing for you, except mm-hmm. change the music mm-hmm. and make you look like a shadow. It's supposed to make it so things that shoot at you don't shoot at you, but as far as I can tell, they still do. So... I don't know what the point of that would be, uh, but it does change the music, thankfully, because the rest of the time that music is terrifyingly bad. Uh, there's also music. a shirt that makes you invincible. I only found that shirt one time, but I know it exists, uh, and it, it lasts for all of 10 seconds, and therefore <laughs> it is an yeah, absolutely terrible shirt uh, because it still doesn't make you invincible from spikes or things that would kill you in one, in, in, by falling. And since a lot of the deaths I had were from missing platforms later on, uh, being being impervious to damage is nice, but not when everything else outside still kills you. So that's, that's the only items you can find in the game. So all these other hidden areas, like I was saying, uh, are pointless. If you can find the rooftops of the level and fly through, or um, the second set of levels is the circus. So you can go to the top there, too, and there's, like, roller coasters you can ride in cars for that will cut out big parts of the level uh, while still making it kind of difficult. There are definitely jumps and things you have to do up there, but you can you can fly through the level faster. Uh, I do believe it's intentional. It's just implemented pretty poorly. Uh, the circus, uh, unsurprisingly, also ends with a, uh, a fight against yarn UFOs, although did everyone play through the last section, the funhouse maze? Yes. Yes. That was mm-hmm. awful. The funhouse yes. maze was, was <laughs> the first point where I thought, I need to, to never request a game again. I need to just let everyone else pick games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've done enough damage now. Bubsy may be my undoing. Uh, it's it's another maze. We complained about it in you know games like Monster Party uh, and plenty of other places where there are kind of maze-like areas. But this this is awful. There's so many different doors. It's way too long. There's a lot of things that just take you to bonus areas to get more yarn balls. It is, and there's nothing that would give you a hint on what to do. It's absolutely painful. It actually reminded me almost of the um, <laughs> in the Gex episode when we were talking about this weird secret level that was just absolutely massive, this huge maze that made no sense whatsoever. And I was like, somebody, they, this is where the Gex maze came from. This is it right here. This is awful. Like, why would you put this in a game and, and not make it like a joke or something? Yeah, it's bad. It, it was during this funhouse, though, thankfully, that I did realize one other good thing about Bubsy. Uh, the, because you die so much, there will be parts of the game where you will keep going back to the same checkpoint to try to make any progress. If there's something you killed in your last attempt, even if it's after your checkpoint, it's still dead on your next attempt. That's the only good thing I can say about, <laughs> about Bubsy at this point. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a stretch. But, but, well, there are definitely parts where it's almost like if you do, I had to do kamikaze runs on a few levels mm-hmm. just to clear out parts where I, I didn't know where to land or, you know, there are like four of the woolies that throw eggs at you straight down. And so I eventually killed enough of them that I could run through without dying. But uh, but at least it does that. So, I, I you know, hey, it's a, it's a persistent state of some sort. I'll, I'll have to give Bubsy some kind of kudo. So there's one. Uh, that, that's a nice thing they did. <laughs> It just becomes a battle of attrition, basically. It really does, and and there are a lot. You'll get a lot of lives. I mean, you start with ten or nine because it's a cat. Ha ha. Uh, you start with mm-hmm. nine lives, but you'll quickly get a bunch more. I mean, there are, there are plenty of of lives in the early levels, and even the later ones, they're less frequent. But when you find one, you'll probably find two or three others real close by. Uh, so you can stockpile lives fairly easily, but you're also going to go through them extremely quickly. Um, the, sec- the, the third area after the circus is the Wild West area. Uh, it's tricking you because it's not really three levels. It says it's three levels, but it's actually six because each level has a long-ass train section that is the worst, followed up by a, a desert section, which is the second worst. It is just the train section. First off, you can't see far enough on to see if you're going to land safely on the next car. Is the next car nothing but a bed of spikes? Is the next car full of woolies? Is the next car like a bigger gap so you're just going to fall into a hole and instantly die? You won't know until you make the jump, so guess carefully, I guess. I hated the train sections. Hated. I, this was like the first part in the game where I was like, you know, the, where it's very much just a, a straightforward scroller, scroller. So I was like, okay, maybe this this won't be as bad mm-hmm. as the mess of the these other stages have been. And I was like, maybe if they can just keep this focused on one straight line across this train, 
they might have something. You know, they could just make a a, a, a platformer. Up until this point, it's kind of been a complete mess. But if they could just focus on this one straight line instead of having shit going everywhere, we might have something. But no, they couldn't even do that much. It was, it's like you said, you just don't know what you're doing half the time because you can't see. And, uh, you know, with, with the way Bubsy controls anyway, it makes it a, a, a gamble as to what's going to happen every time you jump to those next uh, train cars. Well, and this, they had these enemies or enemies that did similar things in the earlier levels, but this is the first level where there's a fairly standard enemy that just kind of looks like a big fat frog with a horn on his head and he doesn't move and you can't land on him. You know, Bubsy can land on any monster and kill it as long as he lands on it with his feet or whatever, but these guys don't. And they're all over these cars you're jumping at random, you know, at blind to. So there's plenty of jumps I made where I was like, yes, I found the pop. Okay, excellent. I found a big fat frog. <laughs> That's surrounded by spikes that I can't land on either. This game is misery. Um, it's, so I got through the, the first train section and felt pretty good about myself. And then I realized that the desert was as long, if not longer, than the train. And was more like the first two levels where there's a hundred paths and all these little hidden things. And plenty of terrible enemies that uh, show up out of nowhere. There's like these sand sharks that come up out of, like, literally right before you step on them. So you have no idea they're coming. Just painful. But I did get through those levels to the boss, which was a one giant U- jar UFO that shot other guys out of him, like other mm. woolies at, at the bottom of the screen. Uh, that's the the second time I was real close to turning the game off. That's when I turned it off. I, I couldn't. That was it for me. Couldn't mm-hmm. do it. I could not do it. I uh, I tried that boss. I think about six or seven times. And after that, after dealing with all of that Wild West shit, which is just some of the worst stages that you could possibly make in any platformer. Um, the kind where you don't even know if you're making progress at some points because they're just so all over the fucking place. And to, to have that boss just come out there and just, here's all this shit, you know, you can only take that one hit, but it, there's just stuff dropping out. The, the enemies drop out at every time, you know, it comes by. Um, so you've got to deal with the enemies that then try to glide back on top of the, the UFO to hit the yarn ball. It's, it's, I, I just couldn't do it. I didn't. I didn't want to do it anymore. Well, that yarn ball is only also damaging when its eyes are out. So you'll hit the yes. yarn ball and won't do any damage. Then you hit it when the eyes are out and it flashes for a second, but you got to hit it multiple times. Meanwhile, it's shooting enemies out of the bottom of it that are all running along the bottom of the screen. Fun fact: if you do kill the UFO, you then have to kill all the enemies mm-hmm. on the ground. And if you die, you're back to the start of the whole fight again, and Definitely. you only get one hit because that's how this game works. And that is oh, the one hit kills. It's horrible. I didn't think it would be that bad, but that's the difference between one of the many differences between this and a game like Sonic, where even with the rings, it, you know, the fact that your rings fall around the screen, you can pick up a couple. You basically have, as long as you're careful, you can get hit a bunch of times as long as you pick something up in the middle of each hit. If they at least had a mechanic like that where you could take a hit, a shield, uh, if you if you were able to get hit and then, you know, it would slowly build back up. So you, you at least have the ability to take a hit once in a while, then this that boss and... And really, most of this game would have been a little more palatable. But man, I'm going to be, I mean, I save stated the shit out of that boss to get through it. I, I saved right before it with three lives, and I went back over and over and over again until finally I beat it. And uh, only for this podcast would I have done it. Otherwise, that would have been one, temp, one, or, one or two temps, I would have been done. Because without save states, if you would have started at the beginning of that three level set and had to go all the way back to the beginning of the first train section, done. I'm out. I would, I would have just thrown the cartridge. In the trash. I know we never got that far as a kid in this game, ever. I'm pretty sure we got to the circus and never got past that. I uh, I think you're kind of right that if it had some sort of... Uh, if you could take hits in some way, it might salvage this just a bit. Um, but still, I mean, even if you had that, if you could make it just a bit easier, you would still have a very subpar platforming game. It just... It would. It just doesn't. It's not fun to play, even if you could take hits. It's. I, I don't know. I just don't think. It, I don't think it would make it any better. It would just make it less maddening. And I don't know if that's mm-hmm. that would be a compliment for it. No. It. It's. It's a pretty subpar game. I mean, it's. It's. It's not trash. It's not an absolute hole of a game. It's not a game that deserves the reputation it has solely based on the original Bubsy. It, it is not. It is not a lot of fun to play, but it's not a complete disaster either. It, it, you know, the jump is floaty. 
the running, we didn't get too much into this, but you start running very slowly and then you get faster, mm-hmm. much like Sonic does, but it's just not implemented the same as at all. It, it feels like you're running through mud until eventually running too fast. And then, again, there are no straight sections where there aren't things that can hurt you. You aren't invincible when you're running real fast. You're literally just running fast to make it as, as so that you could die as quickly as possible and, mm-hmm. and start your next character. Uh, it, it's it's just not balanced very well for what it's trying to do. And if you don't play it like a Sonic game, which I didn't until this this attempt, if you try to play it like a standard platform Mario game, it's just boring. It, it's mm-hmm. got big open nowheres that, that you know don't really tell you where to go. It's it's almost too big for that kind of game, and the levels are way too long. Uh, you you don't have a time limit necessarily, but it's just it's a it's not a very well-designed game. Uh, after the Wild West section that I did finish that, went to the next section, which is like a forest with beavers everywhere. Uh, that, that level, the whole bottom is underwater. The, ha- the bottom mm-hmm. half of the screen is underwater, and there are switches you can find in the level to drain the water. So after I finally found one of these switches... Oh, that, the Bubsy can't swim. Uh, that, <laughs> of course not. Why would he? Bubsy can't make swim. This any easier. So the first time you jump in the water and you, you float all the way to the bottom, there's shit all over the bottom of the water. There's, there's yarn balls, there's extra lives, there's tons of stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to float down to the bottom, and then I can walk at the bottom of the water like super slow or whatever. No, you're just dead. They just let you watch yourself float to the bottom so that you can drown immediately. Uh, you can eventually find switches that drain all the water out of those, those areas, but it only stays out for like 10 seconds, and then the water it doesn't give you an alarm. It doesn't slowly start filling. It literally just goes, shoop, and goes all the way back up to the middle half of the screen, and you drown immediately and die. And I think, if, again, if, if there weren't enemies in the way, if you had the ability to make yourself invincible when you're running, I think the switches are paced out in such a way that once you're down there, you can keep hitting switches. But I, I don't know how you would ever do that. And why would you waste the time to do so since, again, nothing is worth anything except for points? I mean, yeah, the extra lives are nice, but if you're going to lose 55 lives to learn how to get those lives, who cares? Just fly through the top of the level. Uh, the problem with that in this level is uh, that the tops of the levels have a whole lot of waterfalls. Uh, not waterfalls, but like the plumes. And these, a lot of them end at what look like geysers of water that you kind of hit. But when you hit one of the geysers, it makes it so you can't glide anymore. And then you fall to your death or drown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get through the first one of those levels. And I will never play those again. They were, I mean, I spent hours on the first one of those forest levels. And uh, I was just my my children learned a lot of really good words from my experience playing that, <laughs> and it was it was infuriating. I will say that a three year old thinks Bubsy is the funniest character, so maybe that's their target audience. I I think it kind of was. Um, I, it, that's the only thing I can really come up come up with. But uh, at the same time, I don't think any any child could ever play this game for more than ten minutes. I maybe they can. I I don't know, but it just seems like a. Uh, this is this is made for for crazy people to finish. Like, I, I don't know. Well, I think if it would have come out before Sonic, and it obviously wouldn't have because it just tried to be Sonic. But let's say somehow the Bubsy would have shown up before Sonic as like one of the first 16-bit platformers. It might okay. be more acceptable to be what this yes. game is. But and then you could say, wow, Sonic took the ideas of Bubsy and really made it better. But no, instead they took a game that was arguably amazing and and just threw all the things out that made it work it had all the mechanics but it wasn't put together in such a way you know it had all the parts of a car but then it didn't have the frame of the car so you just had all these parts of a car randomly glued to things yeah 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 i mean that's what it comes it comes across as it just comes across as like a bunch of ideas from other games that have been glued into a monstrosity that just begs for death constantly uh <laughs> i i don't I, I I like this game less than than you do. Obviously, I I do think it is just an awful game. Um, but my reasoning for that is because of when it actually came out. And like you were saying, you know, this came out after Sonic, after like a lot of those big 16-bit platformers. Mm-hmm. This came out at a time when this shit should have been like like just a. They should have a blueprint, and it should be so easy to copy to make a competent game. Uh, should have been any effort whatsoever and somehow they have this seems like a game that people that have never played a platforming game have suddenly tried to make a platforming game and i and it came out so late in in the well not late but you know it it had been a minute since the super nintendo and, and genesis had been out by the time this game came came along and it it just seems like there was it was made by people that just don't know what what made those games fun I mean, I mean, Donkey Kong Country was out at this point. 
and and Sonic and of course Mario. So the, the, I mean the the standard was there. All you had to do was really just copy that. Well, I I think the effort was made to copy it, but without really understanding why Sonic level design was so important. And mm-hmm. and maybe it's because the that that Michael Berlin didn't do the level design necessarily. He gave him a character and a like a backstory, and he gave him all these abilities he wanted to do. But he wasn't. I'm sure he didn't build all the levels himself. I'm sure he had a team of folks that were like, "Yeah, here, here's some levels," and he can run around. And you know, I, it just it it is not very much fun to play now. Um, but I will say it did very well at the time. Enough it saved Accolade. Accolade continued to be a company for years after Bubsy. Uh, mm-hmm. And Bubsy sold well enough to warrant an almost immediate sequel. Bubsy came out in 1993, and in 1994, Bubsy 2 showed up on the Super Nintendo mm-hmm. and Genesis. And Bubsy 2 took a lot of the complaints we've just given Bubsy and fixed them. Yes. Wow. Bubsy 2 is actually not terrible. Uh, Bubsy 2 is is it, they kind of tossed the whole Sonic the Hedgehog thing out the window and went with a more traditional uh, platformer. Uh, so. This time around, it is much more like you're playing something like Mario than it is Sonic. Um, there's there's definitely a lot more variety. Uh, they put a lot more um, uh, like bonus levels or, or kind of side things in that are kind of different. Uh, there's one where you're flying a plane, like a side-scrolling shooter. There's one where you're, it's kind of this uh, top-down view, and you're using Bubsy to launch frogs into ships uh, on this little river or something. Um, it, it's got a lot of stuff in it. Uh, but it's uh, it, and it's definitely improvement. But I I, it, I still wouldn't say it's it's anything much much more than average. No, it does. It's not the the leap forward that it I guess needed to be. But you can take multiple hits. Uh, Bubsy yes. can take three hits before he dies, and there are plenty, at least in the early levels, of uh, of extra life points or whatever to get you back to full health. Uh, there's a hub world, so you can pick the world you want to go to and and play levels there, as opposed to having to be forced to go through the city every time. Uh, and and the level design seems to be because it's not aiming to be Sonic the Hedgehog. It, it is a little less instant death and a little less painful. That said, it's still not that much fun. I didn't put a lot of time into it because at this point I was already furious over the existence of Bubsy, uh, so I did not play a lot of Bubsy too. Uh, so that was that was early. That was like mid 1994. At the end of 1994, there was a Jaguar exclusive title in the Bubsy franchise: Bubsy and Fractured Fairy Tales. Now this game. I'll say two things about Bubsy and Fractured Fairy Tales other than that I didn't play it because I don't own a Jaguar. Uh, if I did own a Jaguar in 1994, I think <laughs> I would have probably also owned Bubsy because what else are you going to play? They had Rayman and this as far as platformers yeah. go. So I can't think of a more adequate home for, for Bubsy. I, I actually don't have a lot of experience with the Jaguar. I only knew one person with it, and he would swear up and down how it's the best system ever, but he also was the first person <clears throat> to drop that system and get a PlayStation. So, you know, it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a Jaguar. I had a, a 3DO, but I definitely remember seeing those pictures in the magazines of, of Bubsy hidden for, for Jaguar as an exclusive game, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I, 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 You know, 3DO ain't great, but I'm glad I ain't over there. Well, it's... it's <laughs> I watched a play of it, uh, like a full Let's Play at work, because that's what I get paid to do, of course. And uh, <laughs> and while I was watching it, it, it definitely is, it's prettier looking than the first two Bubsies. It's based on the mechanics of the original Bubsy, though. So you one-hit kills. Uh, the levels, though, are a little slower, more like, more like Bubsy 2. And they're all themed with different fairy tales. So you go through Alice in Wonderland, and I think there's a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and uh, Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, all these different books. Uh broken down into levels where you fight things that are arguably from those stories, and then they do have different bosses at the end than Yarn Balls, which is nice. But it's ultimately still the same kind of game. Uh, But again, if I had a Jaguar and I didn't have other systems, I bet I would look very fondly on that Bubsy game, because what else would I be playing on that? Uh, That golf game that no one liked, probably. There's really not a lot (laughs) on that system to talk about. Uh, So, uh, as I mentioned before, the creator uh, of Bubsy... He was he did not work on the second game. He was asked not to uh, not to help out with it, and he was asked. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> uh, the Jaguar game apparently he didn't even know about because I think they just licensed the name out to Atari, yeah. and then Atari took the graphics, changed it around, made their own game, uh, but still had to keep the Bubsy name on it. Uh, he didn't show back up in the mix until Bubsy's PlayStation um, manifestation, which pretty much killed this character, Bubsy <laughs> 3D in 1996. Which oh boy, I, this is what I know the series for. Did anyone play this? 
I played it before. I played it when it was new because I worked at a game store, and we marveled at how incredibly poor Bubsy 3D was. I've played this one before also, and and yeah, that's all you can do. Uh, you're not you're not even angry. You're not even upset that you're playing this game. You are baffled. I, th- I think that's the uh, bewilderment is is what you feel when you play this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause much like the how the side scroller had been done, the blueprint was here for for good, you know, three D games of this type. I mean, fucking Mario sixty four, you know, was was one of the first, and it did it perfectly. Uh, but yeah, Bubsy once again tries to adapt to something and try to tries to borrow from here and there, but just just doesn't borrow the best parts of it, and just once again, not a competent enough team to put together a, a fully realized 3D game, I don't think. That's that's exactly what I, I did. I rented it when I saw it at the video store. I don't know why. Um, it was just one of those games that, that was there. And I was like, well, let's see what this is about. Uh, it, it, it is terrible. Uh, but I think one of the things that got me to rent it was just kind of the look of the game. It's a very simple looking game. Yeah, the, the worlds themselves are, are just these, these very odd-looking, flat-shaded worlds. And I'm, I've always been a fan of minimalism, but I don't think Bubsy was actually trying to go for that. That was just what they could probably do and not make the game run like shit on PlayStation. But playing it is an absolute mess. I mean, this is... You would think, again, something like if you see Super Mario 64, if this game was in development at all when Super Mario 64 was around, you should be able to look at that game and be like, okay, we need to do some of that for this game. Well, it actually does. I mean, I didn't verify this other than the video uh, that I saw it on and that interview with the, the creator, but apparently you're kind of right. They had built this game. He, uh, uh, the original creator came back for the purpose of making this a 3D game. And they, they tried to build it from the ground up. They didn't have Mario 64 because it wasn't even announced yet. Uh, so they went to go show it at some trade show. Uh, as like, here's our build in progress of Bubsy 3D. We think you guys will like what we've done, creating a 3D environment. And literally Nintendo came out the next day with their own thing, not because of Bubsy, just you know, conveniently at the same time. And it was like the entire team was like, oh, oh no. What we built is not <laughs> not how to do this. Uh, Bubsy 3D controls like uh, a tank. It has that same kind of controls as Resident Evil uh, or Mega Man Legends, where you turn, you rotate with the left and right buttons, and then you run forward. Uh, it when you jump in Bubsy 3D, it does the same thing that Jumping Flash does, where it looks down at the ground. But for Jumping Flash, it made sense because you were jumping thousands of feet in the air in theory, uh, where Bubsy just jumps awkwardly onto platforms while it looks down. Uh, it is not a good game. Uh, it is it is really, really one of the worst 3D games ever. However, the team that built that was able to take their work on Bubsy 3D and uh, and made Siphon Filter with it. Really? Now, Siphon Filter, still not a very good game, but at the time, worlds ahead of what Bubsy would have been. Oh, man, yeah, Siphon Filter wasn't too bad. No, and, and for the time that it came out, it was you know kind of like a... I always considered it the poor man's Metal Gear, but still, it was fun, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. Uh, and, and that wouldn't have existed with all the work they put into Bubsy 3D. But Bubsy 3D itself, massive failure. Uh, they did not make any more Bubsy games. As far as I could tell, no one uh, looked back on Bubsy as more of a, oh, yeah, I do remember Bubsy. What a boring game. Uh, you know, and Bubsy 3D was a terrible game. But, again, at that time, there were a lot of bad 3D incarnations of, of older games. Uh, it doesn't necessarily kill a character, but in this case, it totally did. Uh, until... Uh, about four or five years ago, they re-released the original two Bubsies in a package for PC called Bubsy Twofer. Uh, and then uh, recently, out of nowhere, there was a new Bubsy game, the Bubsy <laughs> Woolies Strike Back for the PS4 and Steam. And I was I thought it was a joke. And so I, I was like, there's no way this is real. And then I realized it was real. And, uh, and their Twitter account was incredible. Uh, because he basically would just respond to like the official Sega Sonic page and say, "Hey, remember me? You still owe me five bucks for that movie or whatever." I'm like this guy, <laughs> this is an incredible Twitter account. Uh, and then the game showed up, and it it's exactly what you'd expect if someone was going to take the original Bubsy games and and redo them. Now they look a lot like uh, one of the the nicer indie titles for a 2D platformer throwback game. Uh, I didn't play this, to be fair, because there is no demo on PS4. Uh, but I watched enough of the videos that 
it, it definitely is an improvement on Bubsy. The, the screens are larger. You can see a lot more of the levels, so a lot of the complaints about dying at random are no longer an issue. Uh, that said, still looks real boring. Not interested in playing it. Yeah, and for just... 30 bucks, I'm not going to play another Bubsy game. No, fuck Bubsy. Uh, he's, uh, yeah. I, I don't care. He's This first game, Bubsy has burned his bridge with me officially. Uh, we're, we are done with each other. Should probably also mention that that uh, the newer game is thirty dollars. Yes, thirty dollars, uh, and you can 30... beat it in two hours without not yes. even two hours of mastering it. Because you can, you know, I can run through a Super Mario Brothers, and well, I can't. Some people run through Super Mario Brothers in like seven minutes. But but that game you can't say isn't worth the money because you you have to play it millions of times to get that good. First run through on Bubsy, two hours. Yeah, it is uh, for to to bring that out at all is crazy, and then to charge thirty dollars for it is also incredibly crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then to also have just a very mediocre game at the end of it all is is just, I don't know. I, it's just the, the definition of insanity. Yeah. And just, I mean, and just, just overall, uh, even now, uh, there's a lot of good platformers coming out. You know, a lot of retro-inspired platformers. Uh, Bubsy just, it's, it's uh, there's just a lot of things that do what Bubsy do, and they just do it a lot better. I mean, there's really no need slumming it with, with this series of games. But again, if I own a Jaguar, I'd probably be fully <laughs> pro-Bubsy right Jaguar, now. You've got a lot more problems than Bubsy if you own that Jaguar. <laughs> So those are our thoughts on Bubsy, uh, a game that is at, at the best mediocre and at the worst a complete uh, disaster uh, of mixed pieces that don't grow up to be even part of a whole. Uh, but, you know, it's still worth trying. At the very least, it was nice to revisit a game uh, to see if it was really what I remembered in my mind or, uh, or if it was worse or better. And it's pretty much exactly uh, what I remember. We do have a listener question for this week. Uh, this oh, time man. I actually have it. Uh, this is from Patrick on Facebook. Uh, and this is to, to everybody. What game did someone try and get you to play and you were convinced you wouldn't like it? Then you finally tried it and you actually did like it and you felt kind of like a dick. Oh, yeah. This is this is how I can give a, a fresh example of this and I can give an older one. Uh, the, the well, not not brand new, but the newer uh, version of this would be the Halo series. Uh, I had friends that were just fucking diehard Halo fans. And it's all they talked about. And they talked about it from the point to where it got my interest up. And then they kept talking about it to the point to where it killed my interest in it altogether. Uh, and, and I think I've started, and I think I just continued not to play those games, not to pick any, any of them up out of spite. Uh, and, and then I stayed over with one of them one night. We got pretty drunk. I played Halo and, and it was not, it was good. Uh, it was good. I mean, I had only played Call of Duty at the time, mainly. Uh, but I, I loved the way the thing controlled, the guns on there. And, but I wouldn't give them, quite give them the satisfaction of it. Uh, I wasn't ready to eat any crow on that night. Uh, but yeah, I, I felt kind of shitty for putting it off for so long and, and, and begin to wonder how I could pick up a copy of it and make sure they never saw me pop up <laughs> on Xbox Live uh, playing it. But the, But the first example I can remember as a child was any kind of sports game uh i had cousins that were all about you know all the sports games uh from rbi baseball tecmo super bowl uh, and so on and so forth and i just i wasn't interested in sports i didn't want anything to do with video games involving sports uh and it wouldn't be until i was just really bored one weekend and i picked up tecmo super bowl uh, and rented it and just fell in love with it instantly and, and from there, I picked up the uh, the Tecmo NBA game. Uh, I tried RBI Baseball, Baseball Simulator. Uh, I went through all the sports games, essentially. And there's some awful ones out there. Blades of Steel was another good one. Another one I had denied playing until I, until I got into the sports game craze. Uh, so, yeah, I really felt like a dick that I almost missed out on uh, some of the some of the classic sports titles the NES had uh, just because of my... Uh, Hatred for sports in general, which has carried on over the years, even though I will pick up the occasional sports game now. There's not many games I won't try. Uh, I mean, hell, I had good things to say about Bubsy, so obviously I have some sort of problem. But I, I will try almost any game. It has to be a game that I've tried something in the series and did not like. 
that someone would then say, oh, no, no, you've got to try this game. You're going to love it. And I'll say, no, you're full of garbage. I'm not going to like it. Uh, the, the biggest example I can have is the Elder Scrolls series. I tried mm. Daggerfall and absolutely hated it uh, w- with a passion. I actually got a free copy at one point, and a friend of mine stayed at my house and, and literally would just like come over, hang out, and play Daggerfall for days and tell me how great it was. And I was like, man, I hate these games, and I, I don't understand how you can enjoy this. This is not fun. I don't get why this is a thing. And so then when Oblivion came out, same dude's like, dude, you got to play this game. And I was like, I will never play this game. I hate it. I hate everything about this series. And then I finally tried it when I got an Xbox 360. Uh, it was one of the, the few games I wanted to, to give it a shot. I got it for, I think, $10 when it was out for a long time. And I was like, this is the most incredible game I've ever played. You can do so <laughs> much in it. Now, I don't know if it's aged necessarily well. I'm not going to rush back to Oblivion anytime soon, but... But when I first tried it, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a fool. I should have been playing this since it first came out. Uh, it's great. Uh, the only other example of that for me really is anything that's massively multiplayer, I will, I will shit talk endlessly. Uh, you know, World of Warcraft is, is a mildly popular. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, it's yeah. a fairly popular MMO. And, uh, but I, I mean, when it first came out, I was like, I'm never going to play this. This game looks like trash. I hate these kind of games. I've tried EverQuest, and I played it for you know two years, and I don't know why I did because it was a stupid game, and I'm never going to do this again. And all my friends that were super into these kind of games were like, dude, you got to play. you got to get into it. And I was like, I'm never going to ever do this. And then there was one of those free weekend trial things, and they got me into it. And it was five minutes in. I, I don't think I finished making a character. I went out and bought the full game. I was like, this is going to take <laughs> over my life. And it totally did. Uh, I, I'm not going to say I did not enjoy myself. I will not play it again. But I did not. Uh, I cannot say I did not enjoy myself for several years there. Yeah, anything that's massively multiplayer, I, I'm immediately like, oh, I don't want to play with other people. I don't want to have to worry about my schedule and theirs. And I don't want to have to worry that they're going to play so much more than they're going to be better. But then every time I get into those, I end up loving it. And I, I fight it every time. I guess uh, for me would be one that it's fairly recent in, in a game that I have talked a lot about on this podcast, and that was uh, The Witcher 3, or the, the Witcher series in general. Um, I could not stand The Witcher 1 or 2. I did. I thought The Witcher 2 looked amazing, but I thought it played... Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, I played... <laughs> I played, you know, The Witcher 1 and Witcher 2, and I thought The Witcher 2 looked amazing. But the way it played was just, I, I couldn't stand it. I absolutely could not stand that series. And I never understood why everyone was just like, this is just the best RPG in the world. And I was like, nah, man, I mean, maybe it's, there's some cool stuff in here, but I'm, I'm just not seeing all the, the praise that this series gets. Mm-hmm. And then The Witcher 3 came around. And <laughs> and we almost lost you. We just about lost me. Um it's it's kind of a slow start, you know. I kind of started playing that. And I was just like, yeah, you know, it's improved, but I don't know. But I I got through the the first kind of beginner area and got into the story and everything. And I was hooked. I mean, it was just almost an all year thing with that game. Um, hundreds, well over the two hundred hours put into that game. I beat it on PC. I beat it on PS4. Um, I've played way too much Gwent. No one should ever play the amount of Gwent that I have played with with AI people in a video game uh, that I did with Witcher. Uh, it is it's just one of those games that it's it's so good. It's so good, and it's a much different game than what Witcher One and Witcher Two was. And but I, I really can't put my hand, uh, finger on just like what made me what it, what clicked with me. So I, I think that's that would have to be mine. I, I'm glad to be in the Witcher camp now these days. I just grabbed it on PS4 uh, on, their, on their whatever Black Friday sale thing for 20 bucks with everything in it. So I'm sure I'll fall down that hole and I'll tell you about how much went I've played for the next two years. Uh, but you know what? For our next episode, it's almost between now and when the next episode hits, it's going to be the release of Star Wars Episode Eight, One of the few movies I'm going to go see in the theater. I'm very excited about it. Uh, so I think it's time that we review the classic trilogy of Super Nintendo games based on the classic trilogy of Star Wars movies. Uh, We'll cover those next episode. I'm very excited to play those again. I've already started on them, and I have to say, having a good time. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's going to be an interesting series to to look at because there's a lot of people that really love them, and there's also a lot of people that really hate them, so we'll see. I played through the first one uh, about the time it was released. I really enjoyed it. I remember there being some difficulty to it, though. Uh, so I, I am, I don't know why I never finished that series, but I'm looking forward to get the chance to do it for the, uh, for the show. And we can all be happy that there's no pod racing in it. 
so that'll be good. <laughs> so until then, please check us out on Twitter at Retrovania.net, on, on Instagram at Retrovania.net, on Facebook, obviously, at Retrovania.net, and we will see you next time. Right now, let's never speak of Bubsy again. Yes. Done with Bubsy.